Well, hello once again. This is the Crystal Silence League Hour. I'm John St. Germain, episode 101. We have passed the 100 mark, which means, as I promised, I'll be broadcasting in the nude. No, I'm, I'm not really. However, my cat Figaro is in the nude. He's running around naked. For your vicarious pleasures, tonight we're going to talk about power. We're going to talk about sex. We're going to talk about prayer. We're going to talk about praying about sex. We're going to talk about lots of stuff. Stick around. Come back. Bring a drink with you. Bring a partner with you. Bring a crystal ball with you. But whatever you do, come back. Well, gosh, I hope you're back. Me and my creaky chair. Do you hear my chair creaky? I'm going to have to get another chair because my chair creaks. But I like my creaky chair. It has character, as they say. It has character. Um, I'm drinking coffee here. I drink coffee all the time. It isn't coffee a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. You can be tired, and you can be searching for words. You can be incoherent and sound like a babbling idiot and drink some coffee, and all of a sudden you're alert and happy. And you feel really good. And it's really funny because I'll uh, occasionally uh, talk against um, drug use. Well, you drink coffee. Do you put sugar in your coffee? You drink coffee. Coffee's a drug. Okay, I'm well aware that caffeine is a stimulant. I don't put sugar in my coffee. That's an abomination. But, yes, caffeine is a stimulant. I'm aware of that. I drink two cups a day. And if you're comparing um, coffee with heroin and cocaine, then, you know, you're, I'm sorry, you're a goddamn idiot, but, but, you know, whatever, you know, you go ahead and mainline heroin and say, well, people drink coffee and that's just, you know, that's just bad. You know, all right, that's vicarious logic, vicarious reasoning, but, you know, whatever, man. You know, and LSD and, you know, whatever. Um, But um, it's a wonderful thing started in South America, I think. You know, did you know Johann Sebastian Bach wrote a cantata about coffee, the coffee cantata? And uh, it's about a young lady who uh, her father's trying to talk her out of drinking coffee because he says no proper gentleman will want to marry a young woman who drinks coffee. And she would rather have her coffee than a man. And there's a verse in it where she says, Give me a bowl of coffee before I turn into a goat, and I love that. And that's what I always say in the morning, give me a bowl of coffee before I turn into a goat. But uh, it's a wonderful little piece of music. Uh, Bach used to go out to a coffee shop, and this was in the 1700s. Isn't that amazing? They had coffee shops where the intelligentsia would gather the artists and the poets and the musicians and drink their coffee and uh, argue and talk about the events of the day and occasionally break out into a sword fight. That's kind of like what we do on the internet now, except we don't use swords. We use uh, sharp words and wit. Ah, my coffee, indeed. Well, this is the Crystal Silence League Hour. And for those of you who don't know, uh, the Crystal Silence League was founded around 1917 by Claude Alexander Conlon, uh, a quite remarkable and controversial man for the purpose of distributing 
positive prayer and affirmation for all those in need of such. And he did this through the agency of crystals and crystal balls, uh, often of various colors and hues. And those who joined the Crystal Silence League were presented with a small crystal ball and trained in the use thereof. He also published uh, a number of books. He had a publishing house on spiritualism, on new thought. He published a series of five volumes called The Real Inner Secrets of Psychology, uh, Secrets of Oriental Wisdom, uh, many books on uh, mental and psychological training. Uh, we often read from those here. We may read from one of those today. We're going to talk about personal magnetism, and uh, he uh, wrote quite a bit about that. And um, we also would like to tell you that if you go to www.crystalsilenceleague.org, you'll see the modern incarnation of the Crystal Silence League, um, and um, where you can post prayers. And prayer is always free. We don't charge you for that. We'd also like to tell you that if you buy a crystal from the gift shop or books in the gift shop, you get a year's membership um, with the Crystal Silence League, and that's kind of a cool thing to have. And um, you can also uh, buy uh, literature there. We have a couple of books written by our founder, Mr. Claude Conlon, and one written by your um, your gentle newsletter editor and uh, host, uh, the Reverend Dr. John St. Germain. Um, whose mellow voice you're listening to even as we speak, even as I speak, because I am him and he is I. Um, Crystal Magic is a book that talks about divination and healing and projection and reception and spell work with uh, crystals and gems and crystal balls. And uh, I'm working on uh, a follow-up volume of that, among other things. So um, we'll... Uh, We'll be producing even more literature on this. I'm also uh, studying with great intensity the writings of Mr. Conlon to produce a uh, um, commentary on uh, some of his techniques and writings. So how about that? We're staying busy. Also, good news is we're caught up on the newsletter. I was several months behind. The newsletters are coming out, and with the current issue, we'll be caught up through May. So do go there and subscribe to our newsletter. It's free. Prayer is free. It doesn't cost anything to benefit from the Crystal Silence League. We do sell you crystal balls and books because, well, we don't want to lose money. Um, the pastors um, and me, we do not get paid for these services. This is a volunteer service. It is volunteer ministry. No one is getting rich on the Crystal Silence League. Just want you to know that because we have been recently uh, under attack by some people um, for some reason. And um, uh, I, I don't know why. I really don't know why there's some uh, uh, strange people with strange agendas. We send them lots of love and healing thought and wonder why you want to attack us since we don't. We're only here to uh, help. But, um, uh, you know, we wish you the best and hope you have a happy life. And, you know, hope that you learn to understand us for what we are. We're a mission to help people. It's been our uh, custom to read aloud many of these prayers. We get over 100 a week. But first, let's talk about our stone of the week, the golden rutile, which is a form of quartz. It's a form of quartz that um, has a golden hue and rutiles. Rutiles are little um, needle-like uh, projections inside. And it is one of the most favored forms of quartz among healers. It's a master healer stone. It will align any chakra. It will connect the root chakra to the crown chakra, and um, it is uh, 
good for aligning and healing and discharging uh, any of the chakras. It's, it's a uh, it is a master healer. It will it is used to um, transform, transmute, charge, discharge um, any any type of energy. Uh, it will also remember the uh, vibrational frequency of any other crystal, so it can be used uh, in place of any other crystal in the um, known universe. Um, if you make an elixir with it. You can use the direct method. It is quartz. It's hard. It's very hard. Um, and you just uh, take a container of water and put the golden rutile in it and leave it um, all day or overnight, either under the sun or the moon, and then uh, remove it. And then you can um, add a drop or two of brandy in the water to keep it from uh, <laughs> growing mold and fungus and stuff. And you can uh, take a drink of this brandy-infused and stone-infused water every day as a tonic. Sprinkle it around your house. Uh, anoint your chakras with it. Use it in spell work. Use it in healing work. Um, as, as you wish. So that's our golden rutile. Um, our stone of the week, the golden rutile. It's also a very energizing stone. You carry it with you. You charge it up and carry it with you and uh, draw energy and power from it. Um, especially if you take this stone and put it um, near the uh, solar plexus chakra. Its golden color uh, helps enrich and energize you. Um, we, we, we love this particular stone in, in uh, stone work. Also, they're not very expensive. The quartz stones are just not expensive at all. We like that too. Going over to our uh, Crystal Silence League prayer page, um, the prayer request page, we have... Um, Many, many new ones, and um, uh, I'd like to invite you to join me in prayer, especially if you have your crystal ball with you, to help send out uh, prayers of positive affirmation and healing. Um, I'm not going to identify folks by name. I have your names and your pictures here right in front of me being a pastor. And if you're a member of the Crystal Silence League, you too, I think, can see um, this uh, secret level of, um, of our league. I will call out, though, ID uh, numbers which I believe anybody can see. And we'll identify just by, by numbers because we do protect anonymity in the, in the league. So please join me, won't you, as we read aloud some of these prayers. We have prayer ID number 60522, who says, Please pray with me for my friend M. I pray her health and balance will be fully healed and restored. I pray her relationship with her children will continue to grow, heal, and be filled with joy, love, and understanding. I pray all M's needs will be met and that she'll be blessed with many blessings. She is always helping and bringing joy to everyone around her. I pray all the good sins out always comes back to her. Thank you for praying. I pray your prayers will be answered as well. Amen. And prayer ID 60521, who says, I surrender the situation with my spouse to God. I don't agree with him going away on his own or on weekends. I feel he's being disrespectful and self-focused doing this. He also needs to tell his grown-up family, relatives, and friends the truth that we're together again. Please pray he had the most astounding revelation of his behavior. If it's not meant to be, I move on and don't look back or get back with him of my own choice ever again, especially if he's not genuine, reliable, loyal, or faithful. Amen. 
I'm going to do this right here because I think we might be uh, um, doing this. Prayer ID number 60520. I pray for peace, joy, luck, and tranquility forever. Blessings to those who pray with me. Amen. Prayer ID 60518. I pray to the Lord to keep my friend AC safe, heal his body, his mind, and his spirit. Give him the hope, love, and support he needs to keep living and the medical care and resources he needs to get better. Show him the way forward. Amen. Prayer ID 60517. Pray that my current work is backed up and fruitful. Bless all who pray. Prayer ID 60515. My stepdad was taken suddenly by a bad stroke. He gave my mother so much. Please pray for her so that her heart can begin healing ASAP. Amen. Prayer ID 60513. I've been through many problems in my life, and I'm trying very hard to turn my life around and to bring good people into my life who would be a source of strength. I would really like to change. I'm praying that God will bring good people into my life and they'll become secure friends. I do not have a family to turn to or many people in my life. Amen. Prayer ID number 60137. Dear God, we have suffered so much. Please help my wife and I return to each other as a powerful force of love to help others who have been damaged the way we have. Thank you. Amen. And prayer ID number 60135, I pray to be reunited with I, the man I've loved for almost 24 years. I know he's making the wrong decision now, and I love him immensely and want him back to be with only me. If he's not the man God has in store for me, then I pray to be brought together with a kind, beautiful, loving, faithful, sexual, and sensual man that is the perfect match for me. Amen. Prayer ID 60134. I need strong and immediate prayer so that by a miracle and mysterious workings of God, I will avoid homelessness and living on the streets and all kinds of deprivation. I need immediate prayer so that I will avoid homelessness and I want my life is a complete mess and I need deliverance from it. Thanks. Amen. Prayer ID 60132. I really need prayer at this time. I've prayed and prayed and nothing ever happens. I'm in need of a financial blessing to come my way. I'm walking in a desert night now. I can't pray for myself. I really need a miracle right now or I'm going to walk away from God. Please help. Show me that he's really there. Thank you. Amen. Prayer ID 59804. Please pray that everything goes well. Amen. And prayer ID number 52, I pray that everything goes smoothly with the website and that everything functions properly with very minimal glitches. Amen. I guess that's his website. Well, let's take a moment, because our website seems to be working well. Um, let's take a moment of silent prayer and affirmation for all those in need of comfort and prayer and strength and miracles.
Amen. May all beings be healed and be at peace. We've been talking for several weeks, a couple months now, I think, about the invisible world, the invisible power that is underlying everything, the the creative force, that which has brought everything into being. And we've been working on exercises to not only connect with this power, but to harness it, to realize it, to understand with perfect knowledge that not only are we manifestations of this power, but we are indeed this power itself. And that it is simply a matter of fact, not theory and not speculation, that there is invisible forces that bring everything into existence. This is not a supernatural uh, event. This is not a uh, superstition. But a fact. This is evident. Science recognizes it. Uh, religions are attempts to explain it. And that if you can strip away the mythology and the superstition that many of us have been taught, you see even in the stories a germ of truth. That when we align ourselves with the law that I've been referring to as the God law, not God as a person, not God as a creator, but God as law, that we, we find ourselves in harmony and in power. If we separate ourselves from the law, we find ourselves in distress. We find ourselves in poverty, lack of success, unhappiness. Just as darkness is absence of light, unhappiness is lack of happiness, poverty is lack of prosperity, evil is lack of good. We separate ourselves from the very laws that brought us into existence. We're in conflict. Now, it's well known in science and physics that when you deconstruct reality to the smallest uh, possible discernible uh, point, there's nothing solid. Uh, I've, I've discussed this uh, exhaustively before on this program when we've discussed about the physics of consciousness and the physics of existence that you look at a brick, it seems solid, but if you go down to the very essence of a brick, there's not anything solid there. It's activity. The particles themselves are not like tiny grains of sand. They're movement. They're waves of activity. There's energy in different forms. And, you know, we talk about electrons, neutrons, protons. These are not, as I was taught when I was a little kid in school, small solar systems. They're not particles that uh, rotate around each other. They're waves. They're different little knots of energy. And basically, when we're looking at a brick, we're looking at an activity, not an object. We're looking at an activity of something that's busy being a brick. And even when we're looking at the brick, we're not even looking at a brick. We're looking at a picture of a brick. Our minds create a concept of a brick. Uh, we've talked about this before. We're actually creating that brick through our, our understanding of it. 
we bring into existence reality around us by our act of observing it. This is this is scientific models of this. It's also uh, pretty advanced metaphysics when you think about it. So we're looking at the evolution of consciousness on a very high level when we realize that we create reality by experiencing it. Without experience, is there reality? No, there really isn't. All we know about reality is what we experience. And this is the only way we know reality exists, is that we experience it. In other words, through experience, we create it. Now, we don't even have to go that far with it. Now, all we know is this. We're here and this is now. This is all we know for sure. We can't talk about the past. We can't talk about what happened 3,000 years ago with any real certainty. It, to tell you the truth, I don't really care. Um, when, when I hear people debating until they're red in the face about evolution versus creation, I think, do you not understand that right here, right now, we're in trouble. We are in trouble. And I'm going to tell you that there is a mighty life spirit right here, right now, that knows and knows full well that there's plenty of power, plenty of wisdom, plenty of intelligence aching to be used, just just waiting there. And we're busy arguing about uh, about BS. And uh, so, and in the meantime, uh, those who profess to know about God and religion tell us. Um, that there cannot be any reward until after death. That there will be no heaven until after die. That it's appointed unto men to die, and after that judgment, that we'll be rewarded and weighed after death. Don't believe that. Don't believe that. Um, there's. I, I don't believe there's going to be a, a judgment that the book of life will be opened and your name appears that this is these are metaphors um, and, and it's superstition the answer to the desire for life is life itself and life does not happen through death life is right here right now and it comes through the spirit of life and creativity let's not defer happiness and I believe that we're on the verge of this great revelation, but we keep getting distracted. Now, if you want happiness and you want prosperity and you want the good things in life, you can't hope for it and you can't just pray for it. you got to really grit your teeth and put your shoulder to the wheel and be determined to get it. And you've got to really wrestle with yourself and overcome a lot of things to get it. And belief is a very important part of this, and faith is a very important part of this, but not in the wrong things. Um, not that it's just going to happen to you. Now, prayer is a very important thing, um, but prayer must be accomplished through certain things. There's there's principle behind prayer, and um, there's prayer that can bring true help and guidance. It's got to be based upon true need 
to help her accomplish something of constructive value, creative and constructive value. One, one should not enter prayer light, lightheartedly. Prayer should be entered with great seriousness. And prayer should be entered only after you prove and have arrived at um, the, the conclusion that your own power is not sufficient to accomplish the purpose for which you're praying for. Prayer is not a foxhole. It's not something you do out of laziness. Only after you have established your own satisfaction that you cannot accomplish your uh, your desired goal through your own agencies, through asking for help from other other people. And, you know, it's also not something you do because you're out of pride. You know, say, so, well, you know, I don't want to ask for help, so I'm going to pray for it. Only after you've exhausted every possible means should we enter prayer. And it's got to be something worthy and constructive. Don't assume that you're giving away your freedom of action, your individual free will, but understand that you're cooperating with a third unseen party. Unseen agencies and invisible forces, although unseen, are very powerful. You're not giving up free will. You're not turning over free will. This is often what um, what we're taught in um, in the churches and stuff. You know, give up. You know, turn over to God. Give it up to God. You're not turning over free will. You're cooperating. You're entering cooperation with invisible agencies. We're cooperating. We're not turning over. We're not giving up. And don't give up your self-respect. Don't don't say I'm defeated. You know I'm I'm done. I'm defeated. You know turn it over. Um, but know with this uh, with self-respect and full of confidence that your first and primary duty is to evolve, to always improve, and improve your condition. And but because if we improve our condition, we're just naturally going to improve the condition of other people with us. And and. By improving our condition, we will also fulfill our other duty, which is to help humanity. We have to help ourselves in order to help humanity. Now, we never help ourselves at the cost of other people. And this is very important. We never advance ourselves, our prosperity, our health, um, our advancement at the cost of anyone else, because that's not necessary. Um, it's not necessary. Now, there's going to be people who are going to try to get ahead at your cost and at my cost. Let them. Um, because I'm going to tell you that in every transaction, this is a, um, this is a law, by the way, um, in New Thought. Um, it's, um, the, um, it's called the law of... Um, Correspondence or the law of cooperation. It's one of the many laws in New Thought, but um, it means that for uh, for every uh, every act rewards itself because there's a third silent but powerful party to every transaction. You know, there's you and me and a third and silent powerful party to every transaction. And um, Emerson wrote quite a bit about this, by the way, and um, he uh, was right. Um, in every transaction, there's a third silent and powerful party, and 
that party make sure that there is a, um, a reckoning. So you, know, you can call it karma, you can call it whatever, but uh, when someone gets ahead at our cost, there will be reckoning. Um, every setback we have is an opportunity. When we get screwed at a job or something, you know, say we have a job and people screw us and we get, and, and you know, if you're sitting in my chair, you have people tell you that all the time. They say, well, you know, these people at work, they, the bosses, they, they set me up and they screwed me, they fired me. I say, you know, you know, don't worry about that. And they want to get even. I say, don't worry about that because all this is doing is preparing you for a greater opportunity because this is the law. There's a third party to that transaction that you're not aware of that's taking you by the hand. This this seemingly terrible setback is preparing you for a greater success. But you have to understand that and accept it because if you start taking this personally as a grudge, you're entering a different type of transaction altogether. I mean, can you see this? If this is what it's meant by turning the other cheek in the Bible, it doesn't mean that you're a doormat. You let people walk over you. No, no, no. You you don't enter it with a a, a passive or defeatist attitude. Um, you you let the past go. You really must let the past go um, because any anything like this. I mean, do you really think it's possible that you're only going to have one good job in your life or one great love in your life or one great opportunity in your life? Um, um, one, one happy moment in your life? Do you, I mean, do you really think it's going to happen? Um, you got to close the door on these things. When something bad, a setback, uh, a job, don't look at it as a bad thing. This is a stepping stone. And... Um, 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 so I'll tell you that if you read the stories of great men and great women, people who have – Nelson Mandela, man, my goodness, Gandhi. Um, Gandhi spent most of his time in prison. So did Mandela, and they accomplished great things. If you look at the lives of people who accomplished great things, they had immense setbacks. And if they gave up or they took it personally or they sought revenge and payback, they never would have made those big steps forward. And um, I'm going to tell you that um, – um, every setback, apparent setback that has happened in our past has opened a wonderful door for the future. Now, what if you lose a job, you got a job, and you lose it, and it's no fault of your own, are you going to nurse this great resentment and this, this festering hatred for that son of a bitch that fired you? who treated you like like a like a tool well in the meantime you're out looking for a job and all you can think about is how angry you are and how resentment you are all you're doing is closing doors no one's going to hire you nobody's going to hire you they you know you go in there uh, simmering you're sending out blockages you're sending out obstructions no one's going to hire you and this is i hear this all the time people say well you know i've been trying to find a job for three years you know, if you're looking for a job for three years, you're going to find a job. I don't give a damn who you are. There's jobs out there. If you can't find a job after six months or two years, something's wrong. You're sending out some kind of blockage. You should be able to find a job. Man, I want to tell you, I, I, to prove a point, you know, I'm 
I'm in my late fifties and I had a young man tell me, so I can't find a job anywhere. I got on jobfinder.com and I put in some applications and I'm in my fifties. Who's going to hire a 50 year old retired engineer? I got people hiring. They wanted to hire me. And I said, well, you know, I really, I got another opportunity. I didn't, I had no idea. I had no idea. I thought, well, you know, someone will hire me, but I mean, I got really good job offers in my fifties. And, and I said, well, you know, I'm sorry, I've already got something. Someone, and, and they said, are you sure? Are you sure? We'd really like you to come work for us. Can you believe this? And not one, not one, not two, not three, not four, but six, six people wanted to hire me. And I put my resume online. And I was, I was 56, yeah, 56 years old when I did this. Don't tell me you can't get a job. And I haven't worked for 25 years. My last real job was 25, 26 years ago. And I put a resume online. And I, people, six people wanted to hire me at good, I mean, like supervisory positions. So don't tell me you can't get a job. Don't tell me, well, I've been looking for a job for six years and no one will hire me. This is because of this resentment. So... If you're if you're festering this great sense that that injustice, you know, if you're an injustice collector, man, you gotta let it go. Um, but because people sense this, they sense there's, there's something not quite right about you. People sense this. There, you know, remember the law is internal states manifest externally. This is the law. So you got to put it behind you. You got to close the door on it. If you're not ready to let it go, you're not ready to go out and try to open a door. So, so what if he says, "Well, tell me about your last job. Why did you lose your job?" And you start going, "Oh my God! Do you know what happened there? Oh my God! It was, it was like this, and everybody was out to get me. And my boss, he was just a, a prick. And he's going to think, well, you know, okay, we don't want this guy here. So, never talk bad about a previous employer. Never talk bad about." An ex-wife or an ex-husband. What you know? People go out on dates, and um, all they do is trash their ex-wife. You know, I've I've gone out with women who all they do is talk bad about their exes, and it's like there was no second date. Uh, who wants to hear that? There was no second date. I said, you know, who wants to hear that? And you'll never hear me say a bad word about my exes. They're they're all wonderful women. They were. It wasn't their fault that. We we weren't you know, we couldn't work it out. Sometimes you just can't work things out. I'm not going to say bad things about them. I have no resentment for them. And you know what? I didn't hold on to resentment about it, and that's why I am successfully married today. I don't simmer with resentment because it worked out. Now I've I've done readings for people. I say, so how come you're not in a relationship now? Well, yeah, I've been with people before, but they all they messed it up. They all messed it up. They messed it up. They they ruined it. Well, don't you think you should take a little responsibility for that? Uh, no, it was them. They messed it up. They just they just don't don't know what's going on. They just won't do what I want them to do. So so I'm going to tell you that there's no richer uh, growing ground for resentment to grow. I'm telling you that than jobs and relationships. Man, if you want to plant the seeds of resentment, those are two good ones. But you can't. You can't. And I'm going to tell you, if you want success, you got to be bigger than that. You want success, you got to close the door on that stuff. And uh, you also have to give more than you're asked in anything. Relationships, 
um, jobs. Uh, one of the tests I took on this, uh, they they asked that they, they had this test, and it was like, well, it's quitting time, and you see some shoes that are out of a bin. Do you go tell your supervisor? Do you wait till the next day, or do you um, put them back in the bin? And, um, and I said, well, you know, you go, you put them back in the bin, and. Um, I was asking this young man, I said, well, you know, what do you do? He goes, well, I'll, I'll just wait till the next day. I'm off the clock. I'm not going to work when I'm not being paid for it. He would not get the job. He would not get the job. And I'm going to tell you, many people have that attitude. If I'm not getting paid, I'm not going to work. Give the extra. Um, you give that extra. So um, if you give 10%, you'll get 10% ahead. If you give... 50%, you'll get 50% ahead, 50% more. If you give um, 200% more, you'll get 200% ahead. And um, these, um, I want to tell you that there are many motives that drive people. Um, there are positive motives and negative motives. Did you know that? I'm going to tell you that the uh, the negative motives are, are uh, anger, revenge, and fear. Anger, revenge, fear, hate. These are negative motives. People are driven by these, though, right? People go to work for, uh, they're afraid not to. They're afraid of poverty. Um, people, you know, people will stay in relationships out of fear and anger. Uh, um, shame is a, is a uh, negative uh, motivating uh, factor. These should not motivate you. None of these should ever motivate your actions. If these motivate your actions, these are going to take you toward the negative pole of magnetism. And we're going to talk about that. Positive motives can be things like um, the desire to uh, – now, this is a strange one, but the desire for a, a, for a happy result after death. A lot of people want to go to heaven when they die, not hell. So let's say a positive spiritual gain. Is a is a, a positive motive. Positive, um, say positive spiritual evolution. Um, the desire to express a creative yearning, the desire to express himself creatively. That's other directed. Maslow called that other directed. You have a creative self-expression that, that yearns to be released. Freedom. Uh, freedom of uh, physical freedom. Uh, freedom of the body. Freedom of the mind. The uh, freedom to live your life the way you want to. That's, that's a positive motive if it's channeled productively. Now, you know, if you're out being an anarchist, you know, burning buildings down and uh, railing against the man, that can go either way. Um, Self-preservation is a positive motive. Um, the taking care of yourself, self-preservation, survival. The desire for material gain is not a bad motive. Greed is not a good motive, but material gain, not a bad motive. Sometimes we're taught by people in the pulpit that uh, the, that money is a bad thing. No, greed is a bad thing. But the desire for material gain is a very positive motive as long as you're not doing it at the expense of other people. And it's possible to make healthy and happy prosperity. You can be as wealthy as you want to be be happy at it and not hurt, harm other people. And I'm going to tell you that I have seen um, in many professions uh, people um, complain and bitch and throw 
bricks at people who are wealthy and prosperous who have never harmed another human being. They call them con artists. They call them scammers. Um, I'm talking about people that work in the spiritual industry. Um, people hate Joel Osteen. What has he done? How's he harmed anybody? Um, he's not harmed anyone, as far as I can tell. Well, he's a scam artist. He's 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 selling BS to fools. Uh, what's he doing? Yeah, you know. Uh, now I don't care for him. I don't think he's doing anything original. Um, I'm not a fan. But how's he harmed anybody? It, obviously, people go to his um, performances, and I think that's what they are. They're performances. He's a showman, um, and feel they're getting their money's worth. But man, there are people that hate him, and I always go to their their profile on Facebook and uh, see what they're doing. And usually they're they're single and unemployed. Uh, so <laughs> it's like so. Where where is all that righteous indignation getting you? They're 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 impoverished, and uh, you know, or they um, they work uh, you know in a very low income job, and they they're. Uh, Single, so you know it's like where, where, and and they're uh, illiterate most of the time, uh, but they're they're angry loners, and it's like where, where's all that righteous indignation getting you? You know, um, you hate this guy who's prosperous and successful and well loved, and you know I say I'm not a fan, I'm not a fan of him, I, you know I don't listen to him, but you know I loved Reverend Ike, I really did, and he he did basically the same thing, and I loved him. Um, you know, well, he's selling. BS to fools and idiots. Oh, no, he's not. He's he's successful and probably, look at the house he's living in. Oh, that, that's not even his house half the time that they show. It's some hacienda in Spain. But you see, what good is that doing anyone? That's motivated by anger, fear, and envy. So, no good. Sex is a positive um, motive. And we're going to talk about sex at some point. And love is a positive motive. Now, these all must be done with self-control. You can't go too far with it. Sex can be very destructive, but sex can also be very uh, very positive. Now, I'm going to tell you a little bit about um, 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 some of this. I'm, I want to talk a little bit about money, especially because money, man, money can uh, drive you crazy if you're not careful. Money has split families. Money has uh, caused crime and everything. But money that benefits you... Uh, must come from work that benefits you. Um, now, it, you should make money. Um, and when you make money, it should be work that benefits you and hopefully benefits other people. It's got to be, I call it happy dollars. And there are professions that are harmful. And they they victimize and harm other people. Now, I'll tell you, in Buddhism... There's right and wrong professions, and the wrong professions in Buddhism are professions that deal with alcohol and drugs and slavery, dealing with you know with flesh. Basically, if you sell animals or if you sell uh, people, uh, if you sell firearms, alcohol, weapons, if you deal with death in any form or harm in any form, um, or any uh, prostitution. Uh, basically, if you're a pimp, not if you're a prostitute. Because uh, some of Buddha's disciples were actually courtesans, um, but if you're a pimp, you know that's slavery. Um, if you um, do a profession that harms or victimizes people, you know thievery, uh, robbery, things like this, um, it's common sense. You know professions that harm people. Uh, if you're a monk, you not now. Some people say fortune telling is a wrong profession, but that only applies to monks. Monks are not supposed to tell fortunes. But I'll tell you, in some Buddhist countries, 
they do. Um, so that's kind of a slippery slope. Um, they're not supposed to tell fortunes for money as a profession. Um, so, but I know in some countries they do uh, tell fortunes and uh, read signs, but they're not supposed to take money for it. That's that's the idea. But uh, good professions are those that help provide service and help people, getting money um, in such a way that doesn't harm people, which brings me to IRS auditors. These are people who destroy lives and kick they ruin people. I know people who are thrown out of their homes over a tax bill. My aunt, my aunt was one. They took her house over um, one missed tax payment, tore the house to the ground, and my aunt and her uh, daughter, my cousin, were just summarily homeless. Now, they moved in with her mother, but how do you do that? How do you, you know, someone, you know, you think you own property, but miss a tax payment and you're homeless. Uh, uh, this, you know, uh, IRS auditors systematically destroy people. And they say, well, you got to pay your taxes. You're supposed to do that. This is like the old days when the, you know, the uh, king's tax collectors come to your house and uh, uh, take everything you own and throw you out, the, the food off your table. Um, you know, these are harmful professions, um, in my opinion. You know, how do you decide? I want to go into a job where I destroy people's lives. You know, kick them and their kids out in the street. Uh, you know, and, uh, if you look at demographics of uh, psychopaths. Um, Professions with the highest number of psychopaths, you'll find, uh, believe it or not, medicine, like surgeons, uh, dentists, law enforcement, and um, financial and politics um, attract the highest number of psychopaths, which is kind of scary when you think about it. Let's go to some station identification, and I'll come back with some more comforting thoughts that, um, that society is basically in the hands of... Uh, of a sociopaths, we'll uh, we'll come we'll come um, um, we'll come back with some uh, <laughs> some more comforting thoughts here. Uh. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hooter Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Contraman Ollie, Sundays three to four thirty. Kendall's Corner with Kendall Kinvisa, Michael Carell, and Lady A, Mondays 5 to 7. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6. In the Streets with Beverly Smith, Tuesdays 6 to 7. On Sacred Ground with Kai Armand and Paige the Fearyou, Wednesdays 3 to 4.30. Fit and Foxy with Madame Nadia and Jaya Danya, Wednesdays 6 to 7. The Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, Thursdays 6 to 7.30. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Lefay, Fridays 6 to 7, and Liquid Libations with Andrea Weston, Saturdays 5 to 7. All times Pacific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. Well, and we're back. And another thing about money, um, we die and we leave money to our uh, heirs. And one of the really important things is that if we do that, we should do it in such a way that we don't give a burden to our heirs. Uh, I have right now about seven clients who are going through lawsuits with their family. Their families were destroyed by inherited money. Um, the 
I don't know how many of you are in that position where you you have a lot of money and you're leaving it to your family, but if you do it, do it in such a way where you're not destroying your family. And I'm going to tell you that one way you can do this, you know you can distribute your assets before you die, is gifts. Um, so um, that might be a way to do it. So that's just something you should take care of. Um, I'm going to tell you that there are some, there are some ways to create that's just a side note. I don't want to dwell on that very much because very few of us are going to leave that much money to that many family members. But if you do, uh, people fight for houses. They fight for jewelry. Um, I, I get calls about this all the time where people are trying to rob old women and old men of what money they have. Um, but I'm going to tell you that there are secrets to this peace of mind. I'm going to tell you that you cannot you cannot grasp this power if you're constantly worried about the minutia of your daily life. If you're always fretting about your daily life, about minor things, you're you're never going to be able to grasp this this power that we're talking about. But there's just some minor things to work on. And as we evolve and refine our lives as we reach for this power, there's just a list of things you might want to work on. Uh, one is having a positive mental attitude. This does not mean that we ignore the negativity of the world. This is a uh, the mistake, and and this is a, a justifiable criticism of of the uh, power of positive thinking um, movement. And that is, say, well, you can't ignore the negativity of the world. Well, that's for sure. That's for sure. That's called denial, and denial is not a healthy thing. Um, we should acknowledge the world has problems. We should acknowledge that and change what we can. We should always work for positive changes in the world, but we also can't obsess about stuff we can't change. And believe me. Believe me, that's that's a big problem. You know, people in, in my business all the time they're trying to change things that will never be fixed uh, in their family, their friends, uh, lovers, things that can never be fixed, and they are throwing themselves down a black hole. Uh, there are people who are social justice warriors trying to fix things that have been broken since the beginning of time. They will never fix it. Choose your battles well. Um, so. Fix the things you can, and let the rest go. Um, change. Always work for positive change in the world. Work for positive changes in yourself. But man, trying to fix other people, oh my goodness gracious, be very careful with that. Always work toward a very positive mental attitude. Um, work for sound physical health. Now, there's always going to be something wrong. I'm going to tell you that. If you have a house or a car or your body, there's all, you're always going to be working on something. The car is going to have something wrong with it. The house is going to have something wrong with it. Your body, there's going to be something going on with your body. There's always going to be something. Don't dwell on it. Just deal with it. Concentrate on, you know, find good things. To, you know, don't, oh, my God, the plumbing. Oh, my God, the roof. Oh, my God, the alternator. Oh, my God, the, the ceiling and the cars. Oh, my God, my toe hurts. Oh, my God, my... You know, don't make a litany of what's wrong. Just deal with the things that come up. There's always going to be something. Always. That's life. But deal with the good things. Count your blessings. That's really count your blessings. Work on harmony in your human relationships. Um, this is very important. I think people, a lot of people, a lot of people thrive on conflict. They thrive on a drama and conflict. That should be avoided at all costs. Thrive on harmony. What does it take to get along with people? This doesn't mean avoid negative people. That's a ridiculous thing. That's ridiculous. That's absurd. And 
I dislike this so much when people say avoid negative people. You're going to avoid everybody. Everybody has negative times. You're going to isolate yourself. I have people that say, I don't have any friends. I don't have any friends. And I talk to them and say, well, you know, I try to avoid negative people. That's why they don't have any friends. <laughs> They've avoided everybody. And uh, you, you develop a, a kind of non-resistance to negativity, um, and you'll find that you have more friends. You know, when people are negative, you just let it roll off you. You, you don't resist it. You don't you don't try to change it. You just basically let it roll off like duck off of water. But there there are people that you you find are energy vampires and these are people you should resist. That's what that means. Don't but you know, if somebody's uh, having a litany of woes and stuff, just don't engage it. Just but don't avoid it. Uh, you're not going to be able to do that, but try to form harmony. Also, be, try to be free of fear. Try to be um, um, try to be free of fear. Don't don't always anticipate the worst case scenario. Um, and, and always be planning achievements. Uh, that your future, you should always have a goal. You should always plan future achievements. Have something out there that you're working toward and develop the capacity for faith and belief. And I know that in this cynical time, uh, faith and belief is something that you get mocked for, but I'm, I'm not talking about belief or faith in, uh, in some kind of invisible deity or something like that. I mean, faith and belief that you're going to be okay and that things are going to work out for you. And if you are blessed, share these, be willing to share blessings, help other people. If you're, um, Successful, share that success with other people. Don't be greedy with your success because the more you give love away, the more you give prosperity away, the more you give your blessings away, the more it's going to multiply for you. This is a very strange law. And uh, uh, the more you share, the more you're going to have. The more you break it into pieces, it's like the loaves and fishes. I think that's the lesson of that. The more you give away, the more you're going to have. And um, uh, your occupation should be a labor of love. If you're doing a job and you hate it, you'll never be good at it. Uh, your your job, your occupation should be a labor of love. You should get up in the morning and love to get to work. You should pop out of that bed. If, if, you, if, if in the morning you hate to get out of bed, you're doing something wrong, man. Um, you should pop out of that bed just eager to get to work. It should be a labor of love. And you should have an open mind. Your mind should be open to all points of views and all subjects. And this means even people you may not like. Your mind should be open to their point of view. And that's going to be hard. That's going to be hard. But it's something that we should all strive to do. Be, op be open-minded to people from all walks of life, even people whose point of view we may not find attractive. We should, we should try to understand why they feel the way they feel. And this is a very difficult thing. Um, and um, this is... Um, um, a very difficult thing to do and something I work at a lot because, uh, okay, I'm going to tell, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to say something to you. There is a great intolerance for stupid people. And why should people who consider themselves intelligent feel superior to people who are not as intelligent? Why? Because that's got a lot to do with genetics. Am I right? So, People who are less attractive than very handsome people should handsome and attractive people feel superior to people who are less attractive? 
should people who are genetically more athletic feel superior to people who are less athletic? It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Intelligent people should not feel superior to people who are less intelligent. But people, you know, look how stupid these people are. You know, look how dumb Trump supporters are. Look how stupid these people are. It's it's popular to mock dumb people. I, I'm I'm really not going to do it. I'm not going to do it because intelligence, to a great degree, is genetic. Now there are people who are deliberately dumb, and I think. That's something that you should you might want to correct them, but um, um, you know you might want to say you know you might want to uh, educate yourself in that. But let's not mock people for stuff that you know. Are we going to mock people for the color of their skin, the texture of their hair, other genetic things? No, but we should help each other. You know, be kind. Um, so the capacity to understand others. Uh, self-discipline in all circumstances, and we should have sufficient money. We should always work to have sufficient money. Nothing wrong with this. Nothing wrong with this. There's no nobility in poverty, no romance, no nobility in poverty. So I don't care about money. Well, you know, you don't live in the real world if you don't care about money. I don't know what world you live in. Not the same world I live in. So let's talk more about this next week. I want to talk to you about sex power and personal magnetism. We're going to go on about that next week. Um, and uh, man, as always, you know, thanks for sticking with me. Love you guys. We had a nice little full chat room today. Lots of uh, activity, and um, we'll talk to you next week. My goodness gracious! Um, let's sign off here. We have about 15 seconds to go. Stay tuned to In the Streets of Beverly Smith. I don't know what she's up to tonight, but it's always interesting. See you next week. <laughs>